There we go. We are recording. How dare we? I know. Oops. So, Scott, do you want to sleep tonight? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sleep would probably be good at some point. (laughs) That doggone Robert. What's that? That doggone Robert turned me on to the original of the strip search things. There are three seasons of them just filming Mike and Jerry and the people at Penny Arcade. Okay. Penny Arcade the series? Yeah. Have you seen that? I've looked at episodes of them. I kind of looked for the ones that were talking about their D&D things. It's been already been mm-hmm. listening to those. But I haven't um, tried to watch it through in order or anything. I'm up to episode 20. Aha. Uh-huh. It's very bad. <laughs> very, very bad. Not good into this. It's kind of fun, though, to see kind of where they started from and stuff like that. I don't that. have time. I know. No, I, I'm just saying for me. I'm not asking you to do it. It was funny because the, you've seen Strip Search, right, Scott? Mm-hmm. Lexi? One of the things is Lexi interviewing for the job at Penny Arcade. Oh, okay. And it was interesting to hear. That she this. didn't end up getting? Or? She did not. Because they thought yeah, that's that what I thought. she yeah. was too much of a I need everybody's attention on me kind of person, and they didn't think that would fit in with the rest of the crew. Okay. Interesting. So. And now she's in the top four. She is. She's not my favorite, though. All of my favorites have gone home, though, so I'm not very good at favorites. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Hey, Kat. Yep. Um, I just put in a link for you that you might be interested. It's um, about clean eating. Ooh. Cool. Yeah, I'm uh, on this new... I don't even want to call it a diet. It's more of a life plan. <laughs> it's cool. No, this guy um, it's real, This guy's very interesting. He it, he used to be a um, wrestler, turned into a power lifter, and mm-hmm. um, he weighed about 243 pounds and found out that because of uh, the power lifting and how he was eating, he, he had really bad cholesterol and everything, and um, he got invited to a um, thing to become a, you know, the UFC um, fighters and became one, mm-hmm. and he was... He weighs about like 175, totally ripped and everything like that. And he um, trains people and stuff. So he has a thing of, um, oh. he has a really good cookbook. And I ha- I just got it. Cool. And it's very, it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely put it I got on the list. I'm actually, this is less about losing weight. And I know like, <laughs> I've been totally following on with the um, Point of View Weekly podcast. But for me, it's less about losing weight and less even about getting healthier. Um, yeah. But I'm having like some health concerns that really cannot be controlled by anything but like pills. And I'm just really, really tired of getting the answer from doctors. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to just try and control the one thing that I can, which is my diet. So I'm trying to cut out yeah. red meat. I'm trying to, like, cut out really any processed foods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, eating lots I'm of tofu. I'm, yeah. I'm in the process of doing that. Um, but, yeah, the, this guy, um, he has a cookbook called um, Living Lean. It's really mm-hmm. not a diet per se, but, you know, how everything is. It's just, it's just, it's just clean eating. Yeah. Right. It's very, it's very, very you know interesting. about... Do you know about Detoxinista? No. Ooh, you might so, like Detoxinista. Oh, I love Detoxinista, and so does Danielle, and we, like, kind of obsess over it together, so I'm putting that in the chat, too. And she's on and Facebook. She, she's awesome. She does, like, she's much more about, like, 
not doing the whole diet thing, but like just finding healthy alternatives. So like currently the top page result is a peanut butter banana ice pop. Oh. So it's like yeah, completely it's healthy. Stuff. There's yeah. no additives in there, but it like mm-hmm. it tastes like ice cream and it tastes really, really good. So I've had um, the, cause I'm, la- I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't have cheese. And one of the big things that I missed was um, mac and cheese. Um, so I tried her cheeseless sweet potato mac and cheese sauce that you put on pasta, and it's, like, awesomely good. So right now I just made the um, avocado pesto sauce, and this is stuff that I can, like, put in my lunches because my main meal. The other thing that I did was um, it's actually better for your body if you start out with a small, high-energy, like, a shake thing that is really easy to adjust first thing in the morning and then have your big meal at lunch and then have, like, a salad or something at dinner. Mm-hmm. Something nice and light that's easy to digest so you're not, like, up all night digesting everything. So I put all this stuff in my lunch, and it's really nice. It's really easy. You know, okay, I'm getting yeah, a lot more I just, energy. Yeah, I, I just, um, face, um, not face, I mean, I just put I just put her in the favor. Thank you. But no, I mean this guy. This guy was this guy's very interesting. His um stories. But, um, I got and I got his um cookbook on the Kindle for like ten bucks. Nice, nice. So I mean, a lot of his stuff is on the Kindle. Um, send me your email. I can show. I can send you a uh, a little thing that he uh, a story. It's um it's like forty three pages, but it's not it's not massive. Okay, that I also put in the chat. Okay. Who. So I, we were invited to a Memorial Day picnic barbecue from f- four to seven today. So we went down about four thirty and just had brats and came back. But that's why I was running late because we got home right at six and she had called and I was like, I better call her back before we start because mm-hmm. we know it'll probably be late. <sighs> well, I had an eventful weekend. Did you? Yes, I did. You were sick. Well, so what happened was, on occasion, I will drink. An excess of alcohol on the podcast, and I had drunken about three and a half glasses of wine, and I was fine. I know how to handle my alcohol, or I know where my limit is, and four glasses of wine is not too much. At the death of wedding, I had three glasses of wine. I was still in foreign chill. It was fine. But suddenly, the room started spinning, and suddenly, I knew that I was not okay, mm-hmm. and I went to the bathroom, and, you know, I was sick. And then I was just like, you know, I ended the, I was recording the podcast, so I was just like, this is probably not going to be the best thing for the podcast to hear. <laughs> so I ended the, I ended the call rather abruptly, much to everybody's shock. And was like, well, I don't remember it like drinking this much, but I guess I'll just go to bed and see how I feel in the morning. Next morning, the first thing I notice is that like I'm freezing cold. That That's the first thing to go when I have the flu mm-hmm. is that. Like, my body regulation, like, goes out the window. My temperature regulation goes out the window. Um, so I was just like, this is odd. Went to the bathroom, drank, you know, water, took some Advil to, you know, get rid of the hangover. Still have the flu. So I had the flu for about 24 hours, and then it went to, it transferred to the creeping crud. Um, yeah, I finally... Forced myself, and see, the, the thing is, with living in the city, because I have moved back to the city now, mm-hmm. um, since I last talked to Pufwa, with living in the city, you don't have a car to drive anywhere, mm-hmm. and the weekend is usually the time that I restock on things like food and supplies. Mm, I understand. Because <laughs> I work nine-hour days, 
And so um, today I had to walk a mile and a half there back again. Mm. But I had a, I feel a lot better. I had a really productive day. I cooked like four things for the week. So yeah, I feel a lot better now. Well, <laughs> it was kind of one of those things. That, it was kind of one of those things like this only ha- happened on a puffle podcast that I would get the flu. <laughs> really? And then your friend Sue made you read seven million chapters of some fic. Yes, thirty thirty nine chapters. Thirty no thirty eight chapters. Only thirty eight chapters. Well, actually, we start on 39. What? <laughs> no, Sue, you said 32 to 38. Yeah, I know, but I looked at today's. And I, 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 think I, I hate wrong. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look at it. I told you no at it. first. And then I realized. No, I asked wrong. you twice. I asked you twice. I was like, is this the one? Because it's not crossed out. I know, and I just looked at it, and I was like, okay, 32 through 38. No, that's not right. And then I looked at the that's date, and like, today's time. date is May 27th, so that's 39 to 46. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I didn't read the last, oh, the last few chapters either. I'm crying. <laughs> Here, I'll go, I'll go modify that right now. I changed the date. I fixed the date. The thing I is, missed the cross out. Oh my god, I'm crying. <laughs> I am, I, I'm not a fluffy story, a, a fluffy fic person. No, you don't like fluffy Anyway, I do not like fluff, like the whole like it works out for everybody kind of a, a story. No, not for me. I like when it's like super angsty and like Brennan Dursley is like hitting Harry over the head. Mm. Yeah, those are the types of fics that I like. I like the heavy, heavy abuse Ow. stuff. Yeah. This is not for me. So every like five chapters, I would take a break and I would go read like one of my really super angsty things. Oh, well, you know, angsty, fluffy. Trisha loves this one. She goes ah, puke a lot in it. I know she does. Uh-huh. I'm kind of with Cat with this one. It's just like everything just works out way too much. All on that. And then, well, you know what? They freaking killed snakes. Honest to God. I know. I'm sorry, Trisha. I'm, I mean, I, he I have did to say, it to like, himself. but no, yeah, no, 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 no. This, this is this is what bothers me about this fic. Like, the thing is, it's not just a bad fic. It's the fact that the premise is so great, and she has such, or he, I don't know, but the author has such great ideas that are in there, and they're not developed, and they're not like put anywhere. They're just there, and and I'm just going like. I mean, there were pacing problems through the entire first half of this thing, and I'm like, as an author who is currently working very hard on getting her story right, I'm sitting there twitching, going like, the story needs a good beta. The story needs a good beta. <laughs> yeah, the story needs a good beta. I, I will agree with that. So we're going to 42? But it's also mm-hmm. was last updated in 2006, so it's probably not going to get Oh, I don't care. It is finished, though, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, unfortunately, even if people review or this podcast says, you know, we should, there should probably be some beta work on this, it's not going to happen. Right. No, no, I'm not saying there should be. I'm just saying there should have been. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, I agree. There were, especially at the beginning, it's gotten, by the point where we are now, I don't notice nearly as many mistakes and things. 
I mean, I don't, I don't notice the typos. Like, I, I really, that's not my big issue. Yeah. If it's just typos, I get that because, you know, hey, I don't use commas properly. What are those? Yeah. I refer There's you a little to Shoebox Project. That you divide clauses with. Mm-hmm. That you put in every time you breathe. I'm good at that. It's <gasps> <laughs> <Yeah>, not quite. <laughs> I learned commas from Jen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a symbol that looks very much like a comma, but hovers. That's a brief breathing mark when you sing, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> no. no, right? No, 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 no. Totally different. Ah, uh, well. So far as not having read the cha- actual white chapters goes, uh, we have done at least three or four of these podcasts where we're reading as we go. Anyway, so um, you're, you'll be I'm fine. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't recheck it. I just went, uh huh. You know that when I checked it today, I actually went to 32 for when I. I went to 32 also too. I'm like, wait a minute. I know this one. Yeah, I know. I was like, I read this already. Wait a minute. It's okay. I was going to finish the reading today and totally spaced that it was Monday. It poured. That's what happened to me last week. All day long. (laughs) So until the barbecue, the barbecue, the sun miraculously came out. It was wonderful. But I decided oh, nice. I'm going to clean my apartment. It hasn't been cleaned in, oh, nine months, you know. So I, I got the bathroom scrubbed and I got some of the stuff dusted and things like that. And I was listening to something. Oh, I was listening to the, the next Vox that's coming out to make sure that I had edited it okay. And there's two long pauses in there. I gotta go fix. But um, didn't occur to me to read the chapters for tonight again. So, but I read most of them. We should be good. Uh, yeah. So I suppose we should start. Yep. Trisha, you want to start? I guess we should. Huh? You want to start us? <laughs> you don't have to. I just said it because I knew you'd make that sound. <laughs> I, I hate you. Yeah, it's okay. I'm batting a thousand. Oh nope, I gotta get Scott to hate me and then we'll be set tonight. Yeah, then 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 you'll be good. Okay, I'll have to come up with some reason for Scott to hate me. Oh, I told him to watch thirty three seasons of the Pax T V. That should do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Don't get started. I may hate you later. I I sent Bob a message this morning. I hate you. So. <laughs> And um, just before we start, and this is mostly just, nope, this is for Scott and Kat. Bob and I recorded a mini podcast last night on robes and wands for the role-playing game. And robes, robes are your protection and your traveling, and wands are your spell-casting stuff. And, you know, what to do and stuff like that. So I haven't heard back from him to make sure that, like, my character thing is good. The only thing he's worried about is your last name. Does, are you playing as Lassie Lupin? No. Are you playing as a Lupin? No. Hmm. He was worried that you would be related to Remus somehow. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> he apparently did not read my, uh. Oh, I haven't seen it. All I've seen is Scott's picture, so I don't know. I'm playing as Moira Doyle. <gasps> oh, all right. Well, don't ask me. It took him. It took him a while to get to looking at ours after we sent them too. So he may not have actually done it yet to respond to you. Noted it. Yeah. yeah. So, but we we got to start on things last night. So he's going to do three Woo! of these. 
And then if he can, ooh, cat, you can do it. You've what? got the recording stuff, right? Oh, he's going to love you. He's going to kiss you. <laughs> because he wants to record um, the beta tests. Yeah. And I told him I'd do it, but he doesn't trust me not to listen to No, it. I can do it. All right. Well, he he's going to love you. We'll tell him after the podcast. Yes. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> love to hate. Or hate to love. <laughs> I hate to love. There you go. So, Sue, Sue, well, Sue and Robert love me, but I still hate Sue because yeah. Sue made me, me read this thick, but... You don't have to finish it. Hmm. This is worse than having the... Well, I guess it'll make for variety on the podcast. Yeah, it will make for variety on the podcast. Okay. I'm not angry. I'm just in, I'm in pure sickness mode. <laughs> Trish oh, boy. Sugar overload. <laughs> Scott, maybe you and I should just record. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> For Friday, April 4th, this is episode 185 of Potter Thick Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ronnie, the next time you're... Previously on Potter Thick Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. <laughs> oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yep. Okay, what did I miss? <laughs> Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. <laughs> no, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we we'll always laugh before the end. think we where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, a family of one of the family of podcasts from Potterfic Weekly. This is Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And I'm Kat. And we are still working on a better man by Ballander. Ballander. Yes. We still haven't quite figured out how to pronounce this name. I've been reading The Hobbit all day. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> You're like the, the Palantir? Cat, you're the one that gave me Tony as cancer fanfic. That's terrible. He gets better. <laughs> well, spoilers, I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> uh, do you really think that I'd give you a Tony has cancer fanfic where Tony dies? No. That would suck. I know. <laughs> I just figured you were getting See, I like the inks, but the inks has to get better. Like, I don't do the inksy and then they don't, like, that totally, like, I read, I read that thing. Who the hell wants to read a thing about someone having cancer? Oh, Honestly. Yeah, um, 
Jen once read a, a fic, and I have read this fic too, where Harry gets cancer and then he like doesn't get better from it, and it's like that's the most depressing fic ever. That's so terrible. I don't want to read that. No. The point of angst is that the hero suffers and then becomes stronger for that. And that's the reason why so many people don't like freaks like this, because Harry hasn't suffered at all throughout his life. Well, he suffered no. when, when Voldemort came into his head. And when, oh, yes. When Voldemort, Vol, Voldemort, 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 um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't even drink tonight because they wouldn't let me have alcohol at the park. I had a vitamin water. Uh, uh, see, when he killed all those should... kids on his birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was bad. That was see. There's. I mean, it, it's just. Uh, I have. I was so I'm listening to um like the early 100s, and I have to say like what summarizes it most for me is that Kez is talking about saving Harry and how he she doesn't really read a whole lot of Harry gets adopted fix because he's supposed to have this horrible childhood mm-hmm. because then that sets up his saving people thing. Right. And the problem that I have with this fix is the fact that Harry has a saving people thing, but it's totally unfounded. And the author skips over those years, so we have no context to it. Mm. And that's one of the things that I I was really, really hoping for this fic, as I like read the first few pages, was like, oh, so this is going to be like one of those things where it's like Harry ages 1 to 10, and then that's the fic. No. It skipped over all those years, and that really, like, it frustrated me, because we don't know why Sirius and Remus went by other names. We don't know why they hid Wizarding World from, from Harry all that time. They didn't explain any of that, so, like, right off the bat, I feel like I just got, I don't know, pulled forward in time by a Time Turner or a TARDIS or something, and then suddenly, you know, the sky is green, and they don't tell me how it got there. There was a certain amount of that. I can't remember what exactly they said, but they were basically um, trying to keep things as simple for Harry as possible. So they adopted their own muggle identities so that the entire wizarding world didn't come beating down their door. Uh, but they didn't really explain it. Like, I mean, they just kind of said, well, you know, that's what we thought was best and like just went with it. And then there was no like... Harry doesn't question them at all. Harry doesn't have a crisis of identity at all. It's just Harry just says, mm, okay. So I'm going to call you Remus and you serious now and, and you're grandma. And there's no messing, and, and there's no messing up. He doesn't like stop calling them, you know, whatever their names were in the first chapter. Like he completely stops calling them that, that those names and like well, it, them I think and Remus. jumps right there and you don't see that time period. But that's, I mean, that's what my problem is the fact that there's no awkwardness mm-hmm. in those moments. There's no decision making of, you know, Vernon and Petunia and Sirius and Remus saying, okay, you know, we've got Harry, but what do we do now? There's no, you know, there's, there's no process. Mm-hmm. It's just all results all the time. And I get why the author did that because they, I get why the author did that because they really wanted to write a, Year five through seven thick. And I understand that. That being said, if you're going to set something up, you better set it up right. Trisha, what were you going to say? 
That's a lot. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I agree in general. There, there were, um, that's one of the things I think has gotten better as it goes on is there's a lot less, uh, skimming over things because I think you're right. It's because we've got to the parts that the author wanted to show. So it was sort of, um, especially when they were just starting out, they did kind of a similar thing to my nephew Harry where there's these three paragraphs of something that covers, uh, six years of that could have been, that could have been uh, ten chapters easily when it was three paragraphs, uh, mm-hmm. and they've they've just sort of summarized what's happened for you, so that you know, okay, that's where we're starting this off from, kind of. Right, and I for being shown and not told, and I understand how hard that is. Trust me. <laughs> yes. But it, it reads better, and I mean, that's what fan fiction is all about. You want people to read your work. Right. And if you want people to read your work, you've got to do it right. You've got to set it up correctly, or else mm-hmm. there are going to be people like me who are going to get on podcasts and pitch out the author and say, this is not okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I would be interested to see what would happen if the author actually did go back at this point and rewrite things to match up better with how it is by the end because it is one of those stories where you can you can see the writing style evolving as the story is written it's mm-hmm. definitely one of the things that you find in fan fiction that you find less in published works because they have a lot more editing process and mm-hmm. such than most fanfic does although if you, if an author writes a long enough series you can also find that in novels like there are a number of authors that I read where you go back and look at their first three novels and then compare them to their 20th novel. And there's definitely, you know, the, the same kind of progression. It just, uh, it happens less often within a single story. Mm-hmm. Like look at J.K. Rowling, look at year one versus year six. And I only say year six because I hate year seven. I ignore it. But, you know, look at the contrast in, in the style is the same, but look at the contrast in development. It's year six is a superior novel. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it comes with practice. And she had a lot of practice in those in-between stories. Yeah. She being JKR in this case, not the author of this fic. As an author, as a beta, as a reader of fanfic, it bothers me when it's not set up properly. I guess I'm just a little more forgiving of that kind of thing because I enjoy warm, fuzzy stories to begin with. So I'm okay with it. It doesn't leap out at me as much that they're missing stuff that they could have put in to make it make more sense. Yeah. Like I can, I can see it now when we go back and talk about it, but reading through it, it's fine for me because that's not something that initially bothers me the same way. Mm -hmm. Well, this would be fun. We're evenly divided. (laughs) <laughs> and I have to say, as far as the chapters go that we're actually supposed to be covering, I love where this one starts. Yes. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> Starting with chapter 39, which is called Shock and Fear, is Fleur Weasley, or I'm not sure if she's Weasley yet, um, storming no, into not. Ginny's room, wanting to know how one knocks sense into a Weasley man. <laughs> <laughs> And Jenny says, well, the bat bogey X usually works. What did Bill do? And we find out about the scars and that he doesn't think that that he deserves her anymore. And, you know, 
it's oh, a slight twist. Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And Ginny suggests I like she that... go and talk to Tonks about it because they're kind of going through the same thing, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I like aspects of the the fact that aspects of canon are still leaching into the story despite how much has changed. Mm-hmm. I think I think that like the the idea of fixed points in time and fixed events in the canon AU timelines are the same or at least similar. Yeah. And even mm-hmm. the even sort of put in the line, you know, because Ginny's talking about the scars and how bad they are and and uh, you know, they they are bad and she says, But this you know, the scars mean nothing and Fleur says scars <laughs> If we need beauty, I have enough for both, which is exactly which know, I love. Yeah, out of canon, so that works. Then- yeah, because that's one thing that I think she has done fairly well in this, especially once it's gone on. But um, she hasn't changed things that Vernon being a different person would have no impact on. Because mm-hmm. um, Flora and Bill's relationship will not change that much just because. Uh, they know the Dursleys as a vaguely pleasant family they see every now and then, as opposed to a stories about the bad people that Harry has to go live with, mm-hmm. because they don't know the Dursleys at all in either world. So, right, I've encountered that, but I'm going to sit on it. Okay. <laughs> well, and I like that you know she tells her, "Well, you could always do what Mom did." <laughs> well, what was that? She. uh threatened to use a black blasting hex on certain parts of Dad's anatomy. Jenny! <laughs> Molly didn't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they uh, cut Harry and Ron a little slack because, you know, they have to wait till they're 17 anyway, so they have a few years to figure, what, figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And then we move to Sirius and Victor who are on a or uh it's actually our role-playing game that's coming up. I hope not, because this doesn't sound like like the wars came out on, on top. <laughs> but, um, well, the thing is, I'm thinking to myself. I'm trying to read. I'm trying to read this part here, and I'm thinking to myself. I go, are they trying to do some kind of weird gang sign to each other? I mean, I'm. It's like military I mean, signs, Trisha. No, they didn't even military signs. It was like, you know, you, 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 you do, it's kind of like when you're little, you know how you did the, the little clock game mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to read this and I can't even read it because I'm just totally like, I was waiting for like big Max Flay fish quarter pound of french fry kind of thing start going on. <laughs> See, I was just thinking of like the, cause you know, I watch Stargate a lot. I was thinking you like the military hand signs to like signal where people were, what people were where and where to go. Right, which is mm-hmm. basically that was what it was meant is. to be. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I was, I, I was reading quarter, quarter pound of French fry kind of thing. Patty cake, patty cake, like, patty cake, yeah. baker's man. 
Yeah, but it was like big meth life, fish, quarter pound, french fries, icy coke, big shake, Sunday, and apple pie. Oh, you have a great day at McDonald's. <laughs> the, the kids were doing like the, the, the game, like you huh. did <laughs> so it's like a rap, a gangster rap McDonald's thing. <laughs> Google it, Trisha. You'll it's get probably you'll on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. You never know. They like to save old commercials and interesting commercials of various sorts. Okay, I went looking for this, and I found it. But I found it under very old 70s commercial. Enjoy. To all these patty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed. Bam. McDonald's Big Mac. So there, I don't there, know if it. I hadn't thought of it until you were saying it, Sue. But I can definitely. I probably read too many comics based on D and D things, but I can definitely um, picture that as a um, a game master moment. It's like, okay, roll. Do you have you have eight enemies in the room? Roll what you're going to do. Yeah. Hey, you managed to you managed to defeat all of them. Guess what? There are sixteen more behind you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can totally see it right now because I've been immersed in the D and D things for a while too. It gets really bad when you're thinking about it and you're like, okay, I'm going to roll to see if I should use this idea or this idea. And then last <laughs> night I was, because I listened to um, the PAX uh, podcast and <laughs> I listened to like two days of it while I was pulling weeds and I was in the shower dying in the shower from pulling weeds. And I was like, I wonder what hat would do with Will Wheaton. Oh, no. Hat would have Will playing Muggles and Minions, and he wouldn't even get to the sorting because the two of them would be off playing, and they'd forget all about the sorting. And I was totally ready to write Hat sorts Will Wheaton stories last night, but you should. I decided no. I better behave myself. But I could just see Hat. So, Will, would you like to play Muggles and Minions with us? I spent um two years doing... Basically D&D. Um, it was a less complicated version called Vampires. And um, I was a 200-pound um, vampire named Tiny. Nice. And me and my crew, we ended up blowing up the Sears Tower with a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So I think we should copy and paste this little part and send it to Bob for the wars. And I kind of like this yeah. spell that they use, the... In Gravitas spell, which is basically, it makes everybody heavy and they can't move. I think we need mm -hmm. this spell for the oars. I'm not wild about know. people making up spells in the middle of fix. Aww. I mean, I get it, but it's, it's just not my favorite thing in the world. It's definitely, it, it's not pulling me out of the story, but it's just kind of one of those things like, yeah. Because most of the time people, like, kind of half look up the, the Latin on Babel. And they don't actually know what it means. I have a Latin word list and make them up from that, but I'm probably not putting them together properly. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's sort of unavoidable because, well, depending on how you do things, but if you're actually going to show horrors doing a lot of stuff, you can't just have them using 50-year spells that Harry learned because presumably they would have some other stuff that they learned right? or they wouldn't have to go through aura training. Right. Yeah. And I mean, Joe didn't give us that many spells. We've got a lot, but we don't. So there's, you've got to make some up usually. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother me to see new ones. And I did think this one was kind of fun. Yeah. I found it, I think. Did you oh, good. It? <laughs> yeah, I think. But it's not the original one. It's just people doing it. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Ah. Well, you can keep looking. So they yeah. they break in. There's eight people in here. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have way too much fun with this. Uh, Sirius and Victor break in on these eight Death Eaters, seven of which are asleep, so that makes it pretty easy. And they pretty much win, you know. Uh, they were told by informants that there would be four Death Eaters there, and there were really eight. And, you know, it's a good thing they weren't all there. And then a voice says, oh, from behind them says, oh, well, yeah, there are more of us. And they turn around to this whole group of another eight Death Eaters yeah. waiting for them. And then we jump to yeah. Minerva, who has just been named headmistress. And she's sad and elated at the same time because... This is what Dumbledore wanted for her, but she didn't want it to happen because of his death. Yeah. And I like the little, it goes into their relationship a little bit and how he basically became her mentor at school because he was the transfiguration professor. Mm -hmm. And she, she has a little bit of a dig at the, um, uh, people who write Albus and Minerva being together, right. which, uh, at the time that this was written was a lot more common. Because, because no one yeah. knew that he was gay. <laughs> right. And no one really calculated the whole 70-year age difference thing. So, you know. <laughs> ah, they're wizards. What's 70 years? Age doesn't matter. Yeah. Number. Yeah. As long as they're not big <laughs> I love that Ryan was able to find the West Wing bagel quote to put into one of our podcasts recently. I thought that was great. <laughs> I did too. It's where we got it from. I know. It was fun. And I didn't realize that that's where we got it from until I heard it again. I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> so I find it interesting that she's so upset that she makes a loud cracking noise when she operates. And she kind of scolds herself because she hasn't made that much noise operating in a really long time. And I know that that's kind of a, a thing, you know, it's... Some authors like to say, okay, if you're good at it, then you don't make any noise or you make very little noise. And if you're not good at it or you're just learning, then you make a lot of noise. And Albus is so good that he never makes noise kind of a thing. So I thought that was an interesting mm -hmm. little spin on this. Yeah, we get that from the first chapter because the very first description of him is, is this man who just appears as if he'd popped out of the ground. And it doesn't right. mention the sound effect that it does every other time apparition is talked about. So oh, we don't know if that's just, just an artifact talk. of how she was describing things or if it's uh, actually a difference in the way he does it. Mm -hmm. There's also the fact that Muggles don't have a hybrid song like. <laughs> <laughs> An elephant. Like a cannon. Yeah. Sonic boom. <laughs> that's what happened. It's <laughs> not the rock. <laughs> They're not really airplanes. It's just hybrid operating around. <laughs> it's kind of like no, I'm thunder. Saying... thunder is god bowling. Yeah, on the hunt the rock instead of the yeah, lightning. Dudley wants to know where the cannon is. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I always thought that was just um, him knocking. But... Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and they have a little moment between her and Hagrid as well, which is fun. Because mm -hmm. they would have been, uh, well, I've seen fix where they were actually at school together, and then I've seen other ones where it's a, there's a little bit more of a difference. In, in this it's one, she's 12 years old. Mm -hmm. 
if you do the math properly, it's supposed to be very, very close. If you don't do the math properly, it's supposed to be that McDonald's like 20 years older than she is. And it's very, very weird. Yeah. Because she and Pomona are supposed to be closely in within the same range as Tom Riddle. And then Haggard's a couple of years younger than. If you're using like proper the proper mathematics based on a certain set of dates. Okay. But there have been so many like reports of how old McGonagall is versus uh, dates for no. McGonagall. I don't I don't know. She she can't do math. She can't do maths. Oh, there have been dates in regards to McGonagall, yes, but I don't remember them. Okay, I'm not sure where that is, but I'm sure we could find them if we looked. Um, if I really wanted to, I could. It's fun. Yeah. It's well, at any rate, they have a bit of a chat. And so, so that was fun. Um, and then we shift back into the action, having Well, actually, gone the, there's one other um, request that Dumbledore made, and that's that Hagrid can sit his owls and his newts. And they have granted yeah. permission for that as well. And I just thought that was a really nice nod to Hagrid. Because... You know what? There's some things that I like that you kind of fix it, but then there's, like anything else, there's some things, you know what, you just can't fix it. This is the thing, like, she so fixes everything. I know. No, you didn't. And at some point you're going like, why are you fixing this? This can't be fixed. It's impossible to fix. He still killed him. Kills kill Dumbledore them and Snape. Yes, but I the whole, like, them. and then Snape gets into heaven because he made, makes the quote-unquote right choice. I'm just like, what? Okay, we got to get off of that. All right, Let's so then we're, we're back into the the battle, and I love Sirius. Crap, 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 crap. <laughs> and I bet you he said different words than that, but okay. But I don't understand it. Yeah. Who's Victor's Patronus? Like, who's the source of Victor's Patronus? It's a large silver bear. Well, That's his personality. Follow the convention that it has to be a person. Um, it's, and I, I'm uh, sorry, it's something but... that you envision as protecting yourself. And a bear is, you know, the has been the yeah, symbol I of I don't um, yeah. Soviet Russia, for example. Oh, uh, see, I, I like pictured, that. well, A, he's not Russian, he's Bulgarian. Well, yeah, but Bulgaria and, was part of Russia for a while, um, or yeah. was part of the Soviet not, Union. Not, yeah, not, not in his lifetime. But, part of my confusion is when it says large silver bear, all I can think of is a teddy bear. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, I'm thinking uh, of this, like, teddy bear, like, flying It's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow with, um, Bear. It's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Well, there's something you don't see every day. I tried to think of the most harmless thing, something I loved from my childhood. Something that could never, ever possibly destroy us. Mr. Stay Puffed. Nice thinking, Ray. <laughs> oh, I didn't picture that. I pictured a very large, ferocious bear. So, I mean, it's I don't know. like I whatever Victor's animagus might be. So. I pictured that. I, I found that to be very fitting. Yeah. For Victor. I mean, a real bear? Yeah, I could see that. It's It was weird. Because it's like large silver. Like, what? Yeah, I yeah your it. first stop was, you know, teddy bear. <laughs> the teddy bear just, like, I... flies on the lawn. <laughs> no way. I see it as a big grizzly bear. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know where the hell you got the teddy bear from, but okay, we'll go, just go with that. It's the flu talking. We're going to ignore her. It's okay. I don't have the flu anymore. 
Oh, I think the crab, the crabbiness from the blue is still there, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they're, they're in for a, a fight for their lives because the Avada Kedavras are flying hot and heavy. And I love that, uh, Sirius says, well, it's likely to be one of the inner circle, probably Avery or not. And Victor wants to know how much time before their barrier is destroyed. And he's like, well, if it's not, probably six minutes. And Avery, oh, four minutes. Or <laughs> they're just like, crap. <laughs> crap, 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 crap. And, uh, yeah. I have to say, that this next section, like the rest of this chapter, I'd say, is just another example of not setting things up right. Okay. Because, so you're seeing three different scenes where there are three different attacks going on. And I understand the author's intent to, like, give you the sense of panic and, like, you don't know what's going on but because the characters don't know what, what's going on. But it's just very, it, it comes across as very disjointed. Because first, you know, we've got this, you know, happy kind of thing where Ginny and Flora are talking, and then there's the weird, vague setup to an attack. And then McGonagall and Haggard are doing the happy, and then Sirius and Victor are in the middle of the attack, and then suddenly Dudley and Harry are in the middle of an attack, and it's just like, what attacks are going on here? I'm very confused by this whole thing. Like, what is this? They're not, Dudley and Harry aren't in the middle of attack. They're just talking about Dumbledore and feeling really sad when Victor's Patronus goes streaking past them, and Harry realizes what it is and goes running, because... But it's confusing. Because does that mean that, like, does that mean that the attack is nearby? And then what are these vault doors that they're talking about? And it's it, it's kind of going all over the place. Victor sent it for help. Yeah, Victor sent it to Remus, and Remus lives on uh, Privet Drive, and the boys just happen to be standing near the house when the bear goes tearing past. Was this established earlier? That, that they, Remus yeah. lives on. Yeah. Okay, completely yeah. like that. Yeah, when they were when they were being Simon and um, Richard or whatever it was. Um, oh, they expect me to remember something that happened yeah. three chapters ago. Sort of. Oh, there's no way that's gonna um, happen. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, we we have to remember what happened three books ago in rolling, <laughs> and sometimes there were like years in between. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I, uh. <laughs> cat cares more about the canon, so it's easier to remember. Yeah. But the, the 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 other thing with that yeah, is I mean, also I, like I don't think, I'm gonna think you some sugar, man. Your you know your salad this. <laughs> I've had a rough moth. Leave me alone. No, it's just I I I mean I I've only read this once. Like with the canon, I've read that four thousand times, except for book seven, which I've only read twice. Mm-hmm. Not that that matters. If I don't like books on. Um, but like the rest of them, I've read, you know, at least four times. One through three, mm-hmm. I've, I've read more than I have. It's easier to pick things up and mm-hmm. Yeah, once you read it, especially when like, you've uh, only you, just read something, running, it hasn't sunk in. Yeah. I mean, you're rushing through it too to get caught up with us, with us too. And I think I dismissed that because I didn't like that as an explanation. So I was just like, not gonna like read that part. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that's what's happening there. Is there? They all live on okay. Privet Drive, so that's why um, Harry happens to be in that vicinity. 
Um, so I was thinking, like, you know, suddenly there's stunners, and then, like, you know, a, a Patronus flies over their heads, and Harry and Dudley are, st- are slumping down, and like, what? No, they were just outside talking about Dumbledore, and Dudley yeah. was feeling really bad that, that Dumbledore had died, and then the Patronus goes by, and Harry puts two and two together and comes up with four, which is good, and realizes that Sirius must be in trouble and runs for Remus to get help. And hey, so, it's better than his usual reaction in canon. Which is just to go on his own to help. Yeah. And Moody puts paid to that idea here because they're sending an actual order strike team rather than letting the teenagers do it. Yay, Moody! Especially since one of a muggle. Sirius and Victor are in pretty bad shape. The AKs are starting to come through their barrier. And all of a sudden, there's more voices and... uh stuff, and they realize that the Calvary has arrived, and hmm. listening to a Sorry. serious say yippee Kaye in my mind is just wrong. <laughs> say that. Oh, great. I, I thought it? the rest of it when he said, well, oh, said that. that's you. the other thing that really bugs me about this fic. Too many Muggle references. Well, they lived as Muggles for the first time. I don't care! It's a magical story! <laughs> oh. Oh, cat! get over it. It's a story. You're supposed to enjoy it. Stop going. Not that went to it. <laughs> you don't, but I mean, to you to understand. I'm, gonna, I, I'm I, still I, going off on your side here. <laughs> yeah. This is a, this is supposed to set up of me, like, being on this podcast. Sue talks thir- Thursday night about how they don't have any guests signed up for any of the podcasts. They need someone. I was just like, fine, Sue. Like, you need someone for, for Monday? That's fine. And, you know, Sue's like, well, you probably won't like the thing, but we really do need somebody. And I was just like, that's fine. Like, whatever. And then I read the pick. I'm really like, this is horrible. Uh, so I'm here by sheer necessity, and like I would never read this book in my life. So I'm going to—I'm not going to be cranky about it, but I'm going to be a little snarky. Are we off to 39 yet? Almost. We're almost there. So the okay. the orders or the whatever they are—the order of the Phoenix people go and save the day, but in the process, the roof starts to cave in. And Sirius and Victor are trying to get out the door, and they don't quite make it. And then we have Ron, who bolts, who's in the burrow, and gets an owl that says there's an attack. And he yells, let's go. Oh, and then we find out that Minister Fudge was bitten by Friendware in wolf form. Which, I have to say, couldn't happen to a better bloke. Yeah, which is why that annoys me. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather it have someone inconvenient. It's too perfect. Be, well, no, it's it like Percy it di- No, it's like it Percy dying. Umbridge. It's like Percy dying. No one cares about Percy. Well, his so no one cares. cares. <laughs> You're just I, mean, I get what you mean. In, in most of the fic, it's... Um, it's Percy or Charlie who ends up getting killed because people haven't. This is what I'm saying. People don't yeah. care about Charlie. People don't care about Percy. There's no ramifications for either wait, of these stuff. It's the same way. Yeah, I know. If Charlie, it's the same way. But what I'm saying is, that's why I said Percy. So when Percy dies in fic, a lot of the time, 
it's rare for people to care mm-hmm. because he's Percy. He's, he's this Percy stuck up. He's Percy the Pratt. And, you know, there aren't a lot of fans of, of his in the, in the fandom. There are the, those who love Percy and hey, good for them. But, but when it comes to, you know, by, you know, someone get, got bitten by a werewolf or someone's dead or someone's near death in St. Mungo's or whatever, like, you don't, like, you, you can have it be Minister Fudge, but then it's just like, okay, so Minister Fudge is a werewolf now. Like, hope he rots. We don't like him. The only one I can think of that would be better is the one that Melinda got with the werewolves, and that would be Umbridge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's more fitting the in that one though because she was she was directly responsible for a lot of the poor treatment of werewolves. We learned oh, that yes. in and the fact Cat. that Remus couldn't get a job and oh yeah, hmm. she deserved. It. Whereas Fudge just sort of sat by and let it happen. That was, that's his modus operandi. He sits by and lets things happen. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But um, it does. I think it's sort of out of nowhere at the end of that chapter, but it does have an effect later in the fic. I believe it's in this next chapter mm-hmm. um, that we out. have a scene. Mm-hmm. But uh, first we go back to Harry and Dudley because they're waiting to hear what happens with Sirius and Victor and the rest. Because mm-hmm. um, everyone's gone off to save them and they're stuck at home and don't know anything. Right. And Harry decides he's going to send Hedwig and Ginny smacks him and says, don't even think about it. Because if something happens to her, you you won't survive, and then I won't survive. So, you know, don't. And mm-hmm. then we have Moody show up in the fire. Oh, that was the other thing in the shower. I, I had great ideas in the shower. And I'm not a chemist, but okay. I really think that we need to develop flu powder. Wouldn't it be fun to have something that you could just throw in the fire and let it turn green? Wouldn't that be cool for, well, for wizards there is, to have? There is something, there is like, something that you can throw on the fire and let it turn green. I'm sure there is. If you know chemistry and know this stuff, then it'd be easy to come by. But wouldn't that be fun to have something on your No, you can buy it. Blue powder, and then you could just do that? Oh, you can buy... No, I mean, you can rename it, but you can buy it wholesale. Well, I know Catherine's they have... Chemistry like, can ask Catherine to obtain it for us. It's not that hard. All sorts of different colors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's yeah. one that does entirely green... That way, like I've I've seen, yeah, I've seen it pretty green. Something where you put in where it's just got little bits of green in the rest of the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen that. With- I've seen the entire flame go go green. It depends on like it, there's also you can also make it um, feed off of a different type of ga- gas because that's what makes it orange is it's feeding off the oxygen and that's a chemical reaction mm-hmm. um, of oxygen plus fire equals orange color. Um, Orange light. So yeah, you can manipulate fire that way. I don't know. I just thought about it the other day. It would yeah. with that would be a good marketing strategy for somebody to yeah. just take some of whatever that is and grind it up and market it as blue powder. They would get fans to getting it probably. It would be so sad for me because I don't have a fireplace. Well, I don't either have one that you know would work for that because we just have the wood cook stove. Because the other fireplace you can't get into. Yes, but you have a place for a fire. I don't have a place for a fire. Well, you can come here and have fire. Mm-hmm. You, can, you, can, have to have, uh, you can go have a barbecue outside or a, a, no, I know, can't. go to the park or something like that. 
Mm, not Camp, in Chicago. Campground. Candles? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, candles? I don't know. But I don't have I'll soak the wicks in something okay, so it burns green the whole time. bed. So Moody comes in and says, everybody get to the hospital now. And they hurry up because, and we think it's either Sirius or Victor that's hurt, but it turns out it was Remus because he goes in to save him and it collapses and it puts a big old hole in his leg. Yeah. yeah, he impales his leg on some wood, mm-hmm. and he's not getting the blood replenishing potion because there's also been the attack at the ministry, and uh, they don't have it to spare for werewolves. Right. Um, yeah, and I this, go ahead, Trisha. I just I think Ron's stupid. He goes, "Do you need silver to kill a werewolf?" I'm like, "Honest to God, it's human." Yeah. And this is something I think Ron sometimes is too dumb. It's too dumbly written. Because mm. I thought this could mm. just been totally gone. But they, well, they, I they mean, plunge, oh, shit. to be fair to Ron, the rules of what a werewolf is and is not, it's really dependent on the fan fiction author. Mm-hmm. So I, I do not yeah, see we never this really as Ron being dumb. I really see this as the author setting the rules of what can and cannot kill a werewolf. And they're sick. What were you starting to say, Tricia? Oh no! I I just thought it was interesting how um yes they couldn't do the oh shit the blood they couldn't get the yeah the blood potion and stuff like that and I liked how yes uh, the nurse wouldn't let them in and but then Ron's like you know what me freaking Harry Potter which which is fine you know what use the publicity every once in a while Ron had a good idea right I I, I, I like that and I thought it was kind of interesting how they used the bloodstone. To do the blood transfusion. So I, I, I just found that to be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting little way of making an essentially muggle thing into a magical thing. Right. Because we don't really know how wizards would do that apart from having blood replenishing potions. So. It would make, it makes and my now, biology thing go nuts, but you know. Yeah, but this is magic, so. <sighs> <laughs> They can do things that I'll make your bones knit. <laughs> but there's but no, it, it, some it, biological it, oddities. It's just, it's one of those it's one of those things where like there's no explanation for it. So every fiber of my being is going like that can kill a person. That can kill a person. That can kill a person. That can kill which, a person. Which they acknowledge and almost happens to Harry because he gets so less. And I love this. You know, the faster you can get, the more excited you are and upbeat and whatever you are, the faster the blood's going to go into Remus. And Ginny's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm going to snog you. That'll get your heartbeat racing. And he gets so lost in the snogging that he forgets that his blood's pouring out of him. And he about kills himself because he doesn't remember, you know? <laughs> uh, no, no, but I'm, say, I'm saying... Once his head goes down, he's supposed to stop. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm saying blood types. Like if you're if you are a type A, and the person who needs your blood is a type B, if you give them your type A blood, that will kill them. But this is why they, they are they, 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 right they acknowledge that he has the same blood type. Right. The Harry is the only yeah. one that's able to give Remus the blood because he's the only one that has the right blood type. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Someone told me the wrong chapter to read. I'm sorry. That is my fault. Yeah. I will take full responsibility for this. Yeah, it's only in one sentence, but it is there. Ginny asks, how come we need Harry here and you didn't also bring Dudley? 
And they say because Harry is the same blood type as Remus, yeah. and they didn't they have blood replacement potions because they figured it out in their ten years living as a muggle. I don't know. The plot and backstory. They said that James had to do with same something happened to Remus when he was in school, and he they found that he was the same blood type, and Lily was the same blood type. Still guessing. Still guessing. Makes him the same blood type. Does that make scientific sense? Well, if, if Lily and James both have the same blood type, would Harry have a different blood type? It depends. All right. It's pretty much the odds towards them that he's going to be the same same blood type. Because my my dad's an A positive, my mom's an A positive, my brother and I are both A positive. Mm-hmm. My parents are both. Uh, it's, my parents it's, are both. It's, but the thing is, to be different from them, it's your percentages. You're going to be the same as your parents. It's higher than the percentage of what you're not going to be your, as your parents. Well, I guess I'm it's just, just out there. Mathematically, most likely he will be the same blood type. It doesn't always happen because you know what? That's called a chaos theory. And yes, I'm saying you are Abby. So Dennis. we're just going to go forward with it because the story says so. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> but Kat's saying that, that her parents. <laughs> Have the same blood type, and she has a different blood type. I think is what. No, she's well, they don't say. have the, the same blood type. They're but they're both um they're both positive, and I'm negative. It still doesn't. So. It still happens. It still happens. It happens. But it like I mean, I'm an A positive. My ex is a B negative. My son can be an L for all I know. Mm-hmm. Or A a B a B or positive or negative anything. Right. right. No, no, I understand. It, I'm just saying I'm it's. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying it's insanely irresponsible for them to be like, well, we're just guessing based on James's blood type that you're the same blood type as James's, and then yeah, you know, you're a master. With Harry in the hospital, how many freaking times they know what blood type he is? Yeah, I think they know. They it it did not seem like guesswork. They said they knew that Harry was the only one that could give Remus this blood. Yeah. So okay. it yeah. it seems to me that they knew for sure his blood type. Okay. Um, I I like so now that, we're gonna go to Dudley. The Dudley, yes. Dudley has gone down to see Sirius. There's guards at the door and they want proof of identity and he pulls out his driver's license and the guards are like, uh <laughs> are you a <laughs> And he's like, Yeah. So they have a question for him. And this is so totally, you know, on your computer when you're signing up for your bank account and they say, okay, we're going to ask you a question about your first boyfriend or something like that. And of course, every time, you know, you go back and you miss it and you got to remember who that really was. So I thought it was funny that they asked a question. How old was Harry when he found out Sirius's name? (laughs) Dudley's like, he was nine. Okay, you can go in. And yeah, mm-hmm. Vernon and Petunia and the Weasleys are all in there. So yeah, and Sirius is telling tales because mm-hmm. you know that's what he does. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's where they mentioned that James um, also helped Remus at some other point. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he had been knocked out of the stands during a Quidditch match by a rogue blugger. Blugger, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and had a compound fracture that was bleeding something fierce. And Madame Pomfrey had run out of blood replenishment potion and Slughorn hadn't made any. That, I'm sorry, that is bad. Slughorn should have a new batch always ready for her. Shame on him. Shame on him. Mm-hmm. It sucks. If, you know. if, um, 
Snake was there. Snake wouldn't have done stuff No, like that. Snake um, would have made sure he had stores of it sitting in his cupboard down in his office. I'm not sure, Sarah, but that's because some stupid woman there was doing stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he and he up. thinks that he's... No, but they've still had backups. He just uh, didn't tell Umbridge that he had backups. Mm-hmm. I know, but he's he freaking like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to put the... Go on. <laughs> Oh, right there. Tell me more. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, we've got Harry who's passed out. He wakes up and he's like, mm, I must be in a hospital. I know this feeling. And Ginny scolds him because he gave up too much blood. And Yeah, he was supposed to tell when his hand went numb and he didn't notice because he had other things on his mind. <laughs> Yeah, there was this mm-hmm. red-headed witch sitting in his lap, and he didn't know anything about his hands. He wasn't thinking about that part of his body at that point. Oh, no, he was thinking about his hands. He was thinking about his hands, how they should be roaming all over different places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he can't move his arm too much because he'll dislodge that bloodstone, so he had to, you know, uh, sort of... Mm-hmm. Well, he was imagining where that hand should be running to. Mm-hmm. And he didn't lose enough over the limit that he's going to need blood replenishing potion himself, but he is going to have to eat double portions for the next day or so, or the next few weeks, I guess it says. And, yeah, uh, which seems unlikely. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't just feed him liver. Yeah, it doesn't take that long yeah. to replenish your blood. Mm-hmm. Maybe wizards don't know about liver, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that could be. I can just onions, man. They're feeding him dragon liver. That'll that'll fix him right up to dragon liver. Well, he might have to, he might have to fend, fang off with that one. <laughs> so <laughs> I like. At, at any rate, Sirius does. Um, they are sort he's sort of looking around a little bit more, and uh, Sirius comes into his room now because he's gotten better enough to go down to the cafeteria and get some stuff. Mm-hmm. And so. And then they wake up Dudley, and he um, has the falling asleep in class moment. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, it's 42. Aristotle eats in the Daddy River. Yeah. <laughs> One of those has to be right. <laughs> I was dreaming about that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so. And Dudley wants a girlfriend, as we find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From smelting sister school. Yes, the Havenworth, Woods, Havenworth Academy. So, see, Ron wasn't totally off the mark to asking Dudley if he fancied someone at school. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not mm. that kind of bloke. <clears throat> not that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and they're being loud, and Arthur's like, you know, some of us would like to be refreshed and awake when Harry wakes up, and, oh, uh, he's already awake. Too late for that. So. <laughs> yeah. Where's Hedwig? <laughs> She's down the block eating a chipmunk. <laughs> yep. She won't need blood. And we discover that uh, Harry's going blonde at the temples because of his connection with a uh, pale owl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he's not gray. It's blonde. He's going to have a yep. little something <clears throat> in common with Draco here. I was going to say, yeah, he's starting to use Draco. So much to point that out. Malfoy blonde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the bad place. 
we uh, bounce back to Hogwarts and the Ghost Council, because they're trying to replace Nick and the Grey Lady, and they're having this, you know, talk. And Okay, this kind of made me laugh. This made me laugh. Yep. I thought this was a very original idea, and I really liked it. Pudding Myrtle mm-hmm. really, really wants a certain... Stubby Boardman. Stubby Boardman. Yes. <laughs> the rock star. But he wasn't a Gryffindor. He wasn't a Gryffindor from the Wizard World. He didn't give a go to school. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but... Playing that utterly horrible so-called music. But he's cute. Mm. Oh, excuse me. He's so handsome. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> oh, I can imagine Myrtle probably had posters of Stubby Borgman up in her dorm room or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And But then a ghost kind of comes through the wall and says, you know, perhaps I could be of assistance. I was a Gryffindor. And last week when we ended, Trisha's decided, you know, she said that maybe it was Dumbledore's ghost that was going to come and be the new Gryffindor ghost. And it's still kind of up in the air here. We don't know. I'm thinking it's Merlin now. You think it's Merlin? I think it's Merlin. Goodbye, Merlin. (laughs) Bye, Merlin, indeed. Welcome to the Council of Spirits, sir. Uh I think he probably would have been a house ghost a little earlier if he was going to be. But, you know. (laughs) Unless he had things to do with. I guess. And then we'll At any rate, jump again. Remus is coming home. <laughs> and Victor and Sirius had been released the morning after the ill-fated attack on the Death Eaters hideout. Harry had been released the day after that. But Remus, because he was a werewolf and he got hurt on the night of the full moon, had to stay for the full three days. And this always, I, I never know which way people are going to go with this, but in this one, it looks like they're doing the moon phase before and after the full moon as well, instead of just the one night. But mm-hmm. they have him in a special room at the hospital that keeps him from changing so that he's safe. So, And I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, little premise that he's stuck in there. And also that you can only do it once a year so that people don't really take advantage of it. And then next month, it's going to be really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a little bit of balance there, at least. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but then, what's funny is that I guess they're making a, a record then. Um, Hawk comes out and tells them, pretty much tells them to shut up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she silences all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hedwig comes over and kills her wand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yes. Harry won't let her have it back until she takes the hex off. And they're like, Tongs, you gotta go get Remus. And she's like, oh, I got him really early this morning. You did? Well, how come you're sleeping in the guest room then? Oh. Oh. Okay. Who else is sleeping in the guest room? Yep. And Dudley says, hmm, you know, I'm not quite so hungry as I was a moment ago. Because she wants some actual dessert this time. Real dessert, not the dessert she was partaking of actual earlier. Food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we get Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's threatening Wormtail and tells him to take care of someone who's actually a threat this time instead of some stupid How is he? I'm very confused. Like, why is Voldemort 
Why is Wormtail letting Voldemort threaten him? He's a ghost. Well, because Voldemort is Voldemort, and he's scary whether he's a go- whether you're a ghost or not. And he's come back as a ghost to serve him, so he doesn't want to displease him because he's a ratty little beast. Yeah, but Voldemort he's can't not hurt quite him anymore. This group, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. not too smart. Nope. We have um, an interesting sequence with Moody because this is the real Moody who hasn't really met Harry very much um, after having been locked up for a year. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't believe any of these confident, these wild stories about killing basilisks and driving off dementors. And th- there's no way a teenager could do any of that. Right. And um, so they've set it up with Harry to, um, or that they figure what they're going to have to do is actually show him some of the memories. And that comes up in, I think, next chapter or the one after that. One of the ones we're covering tonight, anyway. Right. And uh, Minerva is trying to vote in Remus as the new leader of the Order, but she gets outvoted and it's her instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, 20 votes for her and one for Remus. No, it's there's, there's only one um, difference between the two. Mm. By a margin of one vote, she's the winner. Um, <laughs> I feel bad for her. I mean, she's she's also taking taking part of Hedmish, and now she's the of the leader of the Order of the Phoenix. That poor woman. Yeah, yeah. Especially to take on at once. <laughs> especially with Remus and Sirius in there, because you know they're going to cause trouble. Uh-huh. And then we go to Cornelius, who's you know feeling a little Eeyore-ish. My life is his life is over. Now he's a werewolf. All and, right. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so Remus has come to see him. He wants to. Yeah, give him a little it's interesting that talk about this. I think it's interesting the contrast between Remus Lupin and Fudge in this situation because, you know, Remus has loyal friends and people who, when they find out, you know, they care less whether he's a werewolf or not. And you know, once in a while, you get a character where um, they'll walk away from that. Um, but Fudge is a politician, and most of his friends are friends of his based on his power. Right. So the the second he loses that power, they're gone. Yeah. His his one real friend, well, his one friend is Umbridge, and she doesn't care about him at all. She just wanted his power, so she's kind of against him now. Right. Because mm-hmm. he's a filthy werewolf. Yep, and she doesn't like she those can't be having with that. No, no, no. But Remus comes yeah, in, true. and and the other cool thing about Remus is right now is that he is the liaison to the Muggle minister, so he actually has some authority, and <laughs> you know, so it's it's very cool. Uh, but Percy, as always, is loyal, and he comes in and says, "You need to listen to this minister. Turn on the radio." And we find that Harry is giving a speech, and he's telling everyone that they need to stand by Fudge. There might be a couple of days each month that he'll be indisposed, but that's no reason to turn your backs on him. He is still a man. You would not turn your back against somebody with tuberculosis, so why would you turn your back on a werewolf? I think this is probably the only pick that I've read in which... Harry stands up and gives a speech in support of Fudge. Yes, I, <laughs> and I don't entirely. Yeah, I, I like it, but I, I, again, 
And I don't think he particularly likes Fudge that much in here, but he's still the minister, and yeah. he figures you... He doesn't you think being see. thrown out for being a werewolf is a legitimate reason. Mm-hmm. If you all voted for him when he wasn't a werewolf, you shouldn't chuck him out just because he is one now. I remember... So this brings me to The West Wing. Okay. And if you have never watched The West Wing before... The premise of the show, it, it's basically all about what happens behind the scenes of, you know, the White House, away from the cameras. And around mid-season one, or, yeah, mid-season one, we find out that the pre- pre- president has relapsing remitting MS, but they haven't told anybody. And eventually it comes out that the president has MS, and everyone goes kind of nuts. Because, yeah. you know, and somebody does, you know, do this. They they do have to remind the country, you voted for him. He's, you know, so he's like this incredibly gifted man. He's like once a generation mind, total nerd. And they had to remind everybody that you voted for him for these reasons. The fact that he has MS does not change the fact that he is these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the walls came tumbling down. I feel fine, by the way. Thanks for asking. Sir. No, Leo. Toby's concern for my health is moving me in ways. Mr. President. You know, your indignation would be a lot more interesting to me if it weren't quite so covered in crap. Are you pissed because I didn't say anything, or are you pissed because there were 15 people who knew before you did? I feel fine, by the way. Thanks for asking. It's true. Mm Mm-hmm. It really is. And sometimes you just need to stop people when they get that head of steam and say, take a deep breath and think about what you're doing. And our world would be a very different place right now if people would take a deep breath and think about what they were doing. And that goes for the wizarding world as well. Mm-hmm. Scott just took a deep breath. <laughs> Somebody did. <laughs> that was me. Trish is getting ready to ball me out. I understand. <laughs> What? I didn't do anything yet. Yes. yes. <laughs> this gives, the good thing about this is it kind of gives Fudge a kick in the rear, and he may actually be a better minister now than he was beforehand. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. Right. And we, and we shift on to chapter one. Because this whole one. is about being a better man. Right. That is true. And we actually get to find out about the house ghosts. Yay! And I find it interesting because in this this first scene, they have the same conversation we did last time, mm-hmm. wondering, do you it think maybe be. it might be Dumbledore for Gryffindor? And um, Harry gives the same reasons that I did, basically, that Dumbledore's probably going to have moved on and wouldn't mm-hmm. be the kind to stay as a ghost. Right. And, but, in, you know, you only stay as a ghost if you have something unfinished, and Dumbledore didn't leave anything unfinished, and Neville's going, but, but, full, 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 Voldemort. And, you know, Harry's like, yeah, that's a pretty big thing. Nothing undone. Somebody else needs to deal with Voldemort. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Neville's eyes get huge and he's like, you mean (laughs) it? So. Mm -hmm. You can see the little cartoon version of Neville. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love that there's a large compartment in car four. All the rest of them have small compartments, but apparently there's one large compartment just big enough for all of our friends. I'm sure that was the one that the Slytherins were on in the 
train when Harry snuck in under the invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In year seven, two, that was yeah. And then we get this really kind of fun scene, and again, this is where I didn't see it as anything bad, but looking at it through Cat's eyes and wanting to fix everything, I can see it a little bit differently this way. But the fifth year prefect let slip that they steal all of Luna's crap and hide it from her until the end of the year, and she's never complained. <laughs> Breathe! Get over it! <laughs> it- and yeah, so she gets sacked, basically. Oh yeah, okay. and Cho Chang is not a happy camper. I like Cho's reaction to this. Yeah. And is it Cho is- that takes away all the points? Or was it yeah. somebody else? Okay. They took 300 points off a Ravenclaw before the term even started. Mm-hmm. Cho's kind of scary. <laughs> Whoops. Mm-hmm. And this is another point where we have one of those those scenes from canon gets its little reflection in here. Mm-hmm. Because Cho yeah. takes Luna off and wants to know, okay, why haven't you said anything? And Luna says, oh, well, you know, it wasn't very important. Uh, they always give it back to me by the end of the year, so it's fine. And, I mean, uh, it doesn't matter all that much. And and they talk about being part of the OGL, which is a difference instead of being part of the DA. And mm-hmm. uh, But Luna says her line about, yeah, I like that. You know, it's almost like having friends. And Cho gets to be the one that says, yeah, we actually are your friends, Luna. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not almost. We are friends. And so... Yeah. So Luna gets to realize that she actually does have friends now. Yay! That like her for herself, even though she is a little weird sometimes. <laughs> uh, and while I do not like the Muggle references, I do like you believe in ten impossible things before breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if Lewis Carroll was a squib or something, and they could all have that book. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we find out that a lot of uh, muggle authors and things that we associate as muggles were really witches and wizards or squibs and were aware of what was going on in a a lot of different fics. So I don't have a problem with seeing that. I just, it's a lot of it. So I don't mind with a little bit, but it's a lot of things. And then I'm reminded of the uh, latest Harry Potter musical where uh, Lockhart is taking the muggle stories of Twilight and, you know, Hunger Games and all Hunger that, and turning them into muck, into wizarding bestsellers. So, kind of yeah. Oh, oh, watch the oh, rest of that. oh this reminded me of something. All the way through Act 1. Yes, Trisha? I was watching television last night, and it was a commercial. And I think it was some kind of spoof thing. And it was a bunch of, there was like a bunch of guys it was like raining, and Emma Watson's in there, and she's like, "I want this," and she's like holding this like no, 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 shovel. No, no, no. Like it's that. a new, no, it's a new movie. Hang on, my brother just told me all about it, and and it looks actually horrible. It, but, um, it so, looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's what it is. Is they're having a party, and the world ends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's called The End of Time or something. I'm bringing it up right now. Hang on just a second. But um, it is called This is the End. And they're having a party. at, And all the actors and actresses in this movie are played by themselves. Mm-hmm. And so there's a party at... My computer's being very slow. 
Come on, come on, come on, come on. I saw this and I started to laugh hysterically. Yeah. So there's a party at James Franco's house and they're all having this, this rockin' party. And they hear this, and they run outside and they're like in LA or something like that. And they're on this hill and they overlook the city and the city's completely in flames. And they're all like, holy crap. And then the ground drops out from underneath several of them and it opens this pit into the center of the earth and they run back inside and they lock themselves in and they've got three bottles of water, a bunch of booze, a Milky Way bar and something else. And they're all, like, fighting over the Milky Way bar. And Emma Watson breaks in with an axe and demands all their water. And I watched the trailer just because I had to. And it's a train wreck. And there's no way I'm going to go to the theater and pay money for this. But watching Emma Watson break down the wall and demand all their water or she's going to bash it with the axe. And the one guy goes, you're Emma Watson. You're Hermione. She says, he says something like, you're Hermione. You're sweet. And she belts him in the face with the butt end of the, back of the axe. <laughs> and they all take up with the water. So, yeah. I, I, my brother. <laughs> I, it was, he goes, we just got beat up by Heim, my, Heim, Hermione. Hermione creature. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, uh, it's a train wreck. It, oh yeah, it's, it's a horse. It's gonna be a horrible select. But the thing is, you have to watch it. You <laughs> have to watch it just to watch her her mighty. Well, you know, she hit Draco. I can totally see her doing this. Ah, see the show. You, you found a load of them evil little cockroaches. Hermione, no, he's not worth it. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. Well, and and on the other hand, because we've been trying to do homework, I've been watching or listening to the PAX um, Dungeons and Dragons podcast and watching the videos. And in, I think it's the first one that Will Wheaton's in, they actually reference Hermione Granger and talk about her. and, And they're like, we can't say she's cute. She's too young. She's underage. And basically they're all bagels. And I just, you know, because it's a Hermione Granger thing, I just, I just think it's hysterical because they're all talking about how hot she is. So, mm-hmm. and I forget who it was, but somebody was trying to mention, well, you know, the actress is in her twenties. Yeah, but the movies are still like she's supposed to be fourteen. It's so weird. <laughs> I think Jim's gonna call you out. Your name kind of sounds. You can call like, me out. <laughs> I want to bang Hermione because <laughs> she's getting hot. You can't say that. She's still, she's still underage, right? She's 10 years old. You're not allowed to acknowledge that she's attracted to I don't think like three so. Months. Yeah. Oh, Mike, you said that. <laughs> That's not no. He just like me. But yeah, don't go watch this movie, folks. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no, do. It will be hysterical. It will be so bad that it's funny. It probably. That's what it is. Probably. I'm not paying good money for it. Not gonna happen. Oh no! Like wait till like a matinee or something like that. When it's in the dollar theaters, it'll be alright. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of movies lately that I just tape off of TV. So you know, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. We're way on course. The train here. The train is train ride is passed without Draco showing up, but that's okay. They're not. They're not expecting him. They. uh head off to the school, and they can all see the Thestrals, apparently. Mm-hmm. And Cho has to talk to McGonagall about this um, 300 
point loss for Ravenclaw before the term starts. Mm -hmm. But when she explains, um, Minerva lets it pass. Yeah. And then demands that the fifth year prefect bring her badge up to her office after dinner because she's going to get sacked. Mm -hmm. Well, don't say it's not like they're getting paid to be perfects. <laughs> no, but it's that an honor. True. That is yeah. true. Yeah, you're supposed to be a role model. She gets the privilege taken away. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, always looks good on your resume. Yep. That's true. So we have a sorting hat song, and it he recommends <laughs> more cozy burrows, the Hufflepuff bell, and solid as stone and loyal as well. Oh. Mm -hmm. We are loyal. We're, we're, all like about, we're, we're all about cuddles and skipping through the damn daisies. Not uh. Badgers are that. mean. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Badgers are mean. We're not cozy. Well, our yeah, but our burrows are. Well, you're not. You're just <laughs> we don't want our burrows to be cold. <laughs> no. We want our burrows to be cozy. Come on. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. And it is, it's a different style than JK's usual ones as well, which is sometimes jarring, but it's all sorting hat songs are hard to do. Mm -hmm. Regardless of who you are writing one of those, it takes a little while to just come up with something that works. Um, yep. That's why no, so many six sets. And then there was a sorting hat song, and Ron complained about not getting the food. Oh, look, there's food. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, as a nerd, as a sci-fi nerd, I had to laugh at the name Rodney Zelaney. Because if you are a sci-fi no, fan, Roger, you Rogers is Rogers Elasny, and I was like, "Oh, blood of Amber. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and, and we get him. So that's our. Oh no, there was so else. So they yeah, get turned into Ravenclaw. Dale Argent gets to get to Hufflepuff. Uh, the only real thing of note uh, in the Sorting Hat song is that he references both the OGL and the OTP, and the kids comment on it. And Harry says, "Well, yeah, you know me." What, Trisha? Sorry, it just, it just reminded me, like, you know, get down with it. What was it? Oh, oh crap. Girl, what the crap was. She's like, reminded of a song. Me? Yeah. Yeah, you know me. Down with the ODG. Yeah, you know me. Okay, sorry. I'm getting a punch drunk. I noticed. <laughs> so, um, Harry says, well, he was in the office while I was taking lessons, and he just kind of sits and listens, so I can, yeah, he probably does know about it. And then we are introduced to the new ghosts. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there's a baby like poltergeist. The... Which my question yeah. is: Did did peas breed over the summer? We're not going there. <laughs> 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 not going there. This is Harry being snarky. There's not actually a baby poltergeist. <laughs> I also like that McGonagall uses the same few words as Dumbledore did in mm -hmm. Book One yeah. as a sort of yeah. tribute. So yeah, that was fun. And and Ron, um, Ron sort of is having damp eyes from that, and he says, "No, I must have got pepper in my eye." Mm -hmm. And uh, Perry's like, "Yeah, and I just got hit with water balloons from a tiny poltergeist." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why he's got tears coming down his face too. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've got Rufus Scrimjar is the new DADA instructor, and it's Tonks' transfiguration. <laughs> yes, and Tonks is doing mm -hmm. transfiguration. Which really makes a certain sort of sense. Mm. Although, oh, yeah. it yeah. depends on, she might wind up having the same problem as Snape of being, you know, naturally good at something and not being able to teach it. But mm -hmm. she seems like she would probably be an okay teacher. She's a Hufflepuff. She works hard at this stuff. Yeah, she does. That is true. 
What the hell is a Hufflepuff? And we have our new Ravenclaw ghost is Mrs. Perpetua Fancourt, who is a kindly, older, grandmothery type of ghost. And for the Gryffindors, Mr. Nicholas Flamel, which Mm -hmm. made uh, Hermione squee because of the first (laughs) one. Yep. (laughs) I know that name. Why do I know that name? <laughs> I wonder if his wife came with him. Yeah, it doesn't sound like his wife came with him, which is kind of sad. And oh, I'm actually surprised that he's a ghost because... I think after living Having lived long. that long already. Yeah. Um, Why would he have things that are left undone? Because Dumbledore oh, said yeah. that he had enough of the elixir of life to get his affairs in order and get everything settled. So he probably shouldn't have been a ghost. But I like having him there, so that's cool. (sighs) Because the author said so, so we're going to deal with it, right, Kat? (laughs) Putting it in a box, so I'm like, you know, just let it on fire in my head. (laughs) There you go. Did you put green flu powder in it to make it sparkle green? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, if only. Don't forget the jazz hands. Woohoo! But then we have mm-hmm. sadness because Mr. Pettigrew has shown up to say hi to Hestia Jones and run her through with Sir Nicholas's spectral sword. I know there's another so, name for it, but I can't find it, so we're going to go with sword. Rapier? I'm so confused. Rapier. Rapier. Why are you confused? Because. Because I didn't have you read the right <laughs> chapters. No, but I mean, it, it, I guess it's just a, it's a it's a little too Ghostbusters for me. It's because Wormtail is a specter rather than a normal ghost. He can do a little bit more damage to the living. But when did that happen? He just walk through people. It How was in the parts of the pick. Yeah. He, there was a whole chapter about him becoming an evil specter and then how he has his duel with um, Sir Nicholas and all of that stuff. Yeah. <sighs> and, and Voldemort, I almost said Dumbledore. And Voldemort... You know what? I, I blocked that out because I didn't like it. And so she's uh, Sirius's girlfriend at the moment, so... This was really a jab at Sirius, too, but she's also a member of the Order of the Phoenix. I love the disclaimer from the author at the top of the next chapter. I never promised Harry a rose garden. Hmm. Something tells me Harry's going to have a rough chapter here. Mm-hmm. I, I also like the little note at the end of um, 41. He sort of apparently wrote that little scene to try and make people think it was Dumbledore coming back, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Um, no. And the reason that the Bloody Baron called him Sir in her internal fanon is that Nicholas was a potions master during the Blood, Bloody Baron's schooling time, which is kind of a neat idea. It, it doesn't come into anything, but uh, it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It doesn't make sense mathematically, but cool. Yeah, well. At this point, we didn't know who the Bloody Baron was. He could have been for many times. Yes, we do. He was uh, related. No, wait. That, never mind. That was Sir Nicholas. Sorry, I was getting. I, that really confused me because the canon and and fan. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> That's okay. Ooh, y'all talk amongst yourselves. I have to go look at something right now. Okay. 
Okay. Should we continue talking about the stick or should we like you? <laughs> no, you're okay. I think I, I vote to talk about the thick. Talk about the thick. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go read something. <laughs> well, it turns out that, well, the next chapter starts with Hestia's funeral. Okay. And it turns out that she was, in addition to being a witch herself, was also a member of the SCA. And so she has a lot of muggle friends who are members of the SCA. And, uh, particularly this particular group of um, American RAF people. Right. Uh, so. I'm very confused. Um, like, there's a Marine from Kentucky there. Is there. Are they saying they were stationed in Kentucky and got leave for this? Or, like, is he stationed in London? I think he's probably stationed in London. Okay, I'm like... <laughs> he's originally from Kentucky, and this is where he's stationed, and this is where he knows her from. And so this group who knows her as a muggle... I'm just reading... I was her. reading that. I was like, a Marine from Kentucky. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they kind of give Harry a bad time. Uh, but they're very impressed with Sirius, who's chugging whiskey out of the bottle <laughs> like it's water. And, you know... Mm-hmm. Jamin's 12-year-old fine whiskey. And I love the, this almost play in words because it's Jamin's 12-year-old fine whiskey. And it could just as easily be Jamin's 12-year-old fire whiskey. Uh, mm-hmm. ah, hmm. I didn't catch that. I hadn't thought of that. So yeah, I was thinking of James' song. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's the fine and the fire. It's just too close for me. So, But they're, they're giving Harry a bad time. They're telling him he ought to join them. And is he going to be a heavy yeah. fighter or a wire weenie? And a wire yeah. weenie is like the swordsman. And yeah, they're they're the fencers, and then the heavy fighters put on the put on the armor and fight with broadswords. Yeah, uh, which is closer to the sort of Gryffindor, which is, is what Harry thinks. Mm-hmm. But uh, he kind of got enough of sword fighting with the whole basilisk thing. So, yeah. uh, and uh, says, is- I don't think so. I'd like to watch though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sirius walks over and he's like, I can still stand. I can still talk. I can still remember. <laughs> Thunk. <laughs> and the Scotsman says, that's the third bottle he drank. No wonder he fell over. And Harry's like, third? How the heck am I supposed to get him home? That would kill a man. And Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the Scotsman just puts me in mind of the Scotsman song, and that's all I got out of this chapter was the Scotsman song. So. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm sure we can find the clip. Oh, I know I can. I've done it before. Around the bonny star, the Scots kilted lift and show. Now the Scotsman woke to nature's call and stumbled towards the trees. Behind the bush, he lifts his kilt and gawks at what he sees. And in a startled voice, he says to what's before his eyes, Oh, lad, I don't know where you've been, but I see you won first prize. Ring, ding, diddle, little idea, ring, diddle, <laughs> So... Harry is left to drag Sirius home. They get him on his feet, and he gets him out into an alley so he can apparate him home. Although, isn't Harry underage? So how the heck did he do that? But whatever. Well, he has, he has uh, a he's, around he's going to call him a cab. Oh, he has a permit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the underage <laughs> permit. <laughs> 
And then we yeah. have called his learner's driver. His his learner's operation permit. <laughs> well, you know, you need those learners learner operation permits for yeah. special. You can only operate with the wizard twenty one or older next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't operate. Really, it was serious. Well, and you know, he does it with Dumbledore coming off the island. So. Yep. I guess yeah. it's not. But technically he was of age by then. It was more of, no, way. never mind, he wasn't. Yeah, but he'd actually had lessons by that time, so, you know. Yeah, was so it's different. not so much fun. So, yeah. Tonks has got her head in the fireplace, and she's sweet-talking Remus, and she comes out of the fireplace to find a whole bunch of people in her door. And they're like, and she's like, uh, how much did you hear? And he's like, uh... Ron says, only from I'll see you later, Fluffy Poo. Phew. <laughs> so, I think we're having a little uh, <clears throat> sexy fire call here. There we go. I don't understand how that would be comfortably sexy, though. Me either. But when you're just like, who cares? <laughs> Okay, I don't want to know. Yeah, yeah but when you're I on your hands, never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, don't say, don't say yeah when you're on your knees. Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, Scott, they're there to talk about place. the specter. Um, and Harry has an idea because he wonders if he wants to know if the wards extend underground or if they're just a dome shape. And if they don't, then that's how he thinks Wormtail's getting in. Right. Or well they don't they don't quite know it's Wormtail yet. They figure that out by the end of this meeting because mm-hmm. Wormtail knows about the secret passages. Right. And he can just float through the Whomping Willow and uh come into Hogwarts that way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. McGonagall and Flitwick and the others arrange to extend the wards down so that they do actually in case the entire school. Yeah. This is sort of interwoven with another scene, but we discover in the next chapter that unfortunately, although the wards work, they have now sealed Pettigrew in to the school. Yeah. about. Yeah. They give him a nasty shock, though, and he deserved every second of it. Yeah. But and the other scene that we have going through the rest of this chapter is Sirius going through into the ministry as he's going over to going to his office as he's in order and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he discovers Lucius Malfoy waiting for him in his office. Underneath an invisibility cloak. Yes. And there's a whole chase through to, of course, the Department of Mysteries. Of course. <laughs> yep. And I love it as they're running through and they're having this fight. Sirius is yelling, clear the area! Emily or Inspector Sirius Black in hot pursuit! Get out of my way! <laughs> I can totally see him doing it, too. Mm-hmm. Need some 70s cop show music going on. Yeah. So, Sirius um, falls through the door into the Department of Mysteries and then tries to figure out where he just came through spinning thing Mm -hmm. and so he just dives through one um and then lucius comes after him and also gets caught with the spinning thing yeah and the door that he just broke with his ak is no longer broken so he can't even use that as a 
um, a judge of what he's where he's been before and where he hasn't. So we have the whole battle through the Department of Ministries, but instead of it being the kids and the Death Eaters, it's just Lucius and Sirius. And then yeah. we jump to back to Hogwarts where they extend the wards, which we've already talked about. And then we're back to... Then they're into the Death Chamber. Mm-hmm. They've gone through a number of other things, um, and they just sort of pass by most of the stuff from book five in a paragraph because we don't really need to know about that again. Mm-hmm. Apparently um, Malfoy blows up Uranus which uh, Sirius can't resist shouting about. No. And then he works out that uh, Lucius has a invisibility cloak so he summons that and then they're dueling in front of the archway, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and uh, they both fire at each other and the AK hits Sirius, but the Sirius's spell hits Lucius and sends him through the arch. So when the MLEs actually break into the room, they find Sirius dead and absolutely no sign of Lucius. Except for well, his wand and his cane. His wand, his, his cane and the invisibility cloak. But they kind of know what happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's another instance of the canon stuff coming through in parallel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen when it should be. It'll happen later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got another four months or something like that. Um, so. And that. then we shift back to charms class just for a change of pace. Mm-hmm. And Ron has managed to do a charm before Hermione has done it. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> and it's because he's been practicing it over the summer. Yeah. And Hermione was on vacation at the time. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I've been editing Vox, so I'm really confused at this point because I'm like, wait a minute, Ron doesn't practice. It's Hermione and Harry that do all the practicing. Oh, oh, that's right. I got it. So. Another story. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong story. But, uh, Vernon comes into the room at that point and interrupts mm-hmm. and he tells, um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and Ginny, and Tonks, and Lupin, once they get to the headmistress's office. Because, once again, they all have to walk to the headmistress's office before they can actually say anything. <laughs> yes, but I'm sure the door was not on the seventh floor this time. I'm sure it came down to the second floor so they didn't have to walk as far. Yes. yes because we have the traveling and headmistress door. Miss headmaster mistress door. Yeah, we're, we're stealing that for this pick. <laughs> and... um it's McGonagall has given the news that Sirius has been killed, yeah. as well as Lucius. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get our little scene with Peter Wormtail being sealed into the hospital, hospital uh-huh. Hogwarts castle. And he thing. he calls Minerva bad words. He does. He, he's not. Um, well, yeah, he's you know a ghost made up of all his hatred and need for revenge and all of that. So, you know, he's not a particularly nice guy. No. I thought we were stopping at 42? Yeah. No. 44. Okay. 46. I just went and looked and I forgot already. 46. <laughs> we I were know 42 is the answer to the question. But, uh, we were originally <laughs> stopping at 42 when, when we went two more chapters or two more podcasts, but we've condensed it because we missed so many of these. Okay. So, but we're almost there. Huh. We're we're cruising. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. The kids are basically shattered because Sirius is dead, and they're having 
a long period of mourning in here, and so is Remus, and mostly Petunia and Vernon as well, because mm-hmm. they've known him for longer in this story. Right. And and everybody everybody has a moment when they cry or mourn the, the way that they can. And then we shift to Stuart Ackerley, who I don't think I've ever seen actually written into a fic before. He exists, but uh, he's rarely actually used. Mm-hmm. And in this case, he is <laughs> he there to... He hadn't been written in. <laughs> yes. He, is, he, he bumps is he into red, Peter. He's the red coat, right? Yes, he's a red shirt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Red coat. <laughs> uh, whatever. Well, he's British, you know. Yeah, red coat, that works. Brown coat, red coat. So yep. he, he sees this Peter ghost. is very angry in this fic. Yes, he's very angry, but he's not angry enough to kill this poor lad. So he, he doesn't actually hate him. So. Yeah. He uh, sticks him in Filch's office where he screams and screams and screams, but we don't quite know why for a little bit. We find out later that he gets put up in, in Filch's rack. Then it's not mm-hmm. quite enough to rip his arms out of out of his body, but it's enough to dislocate both the shoulders. So, poor oh, kid. Up. Yeah, for 30 minutes, oh. he was in that torture device. I think I still have a bit of the flu. <laughs> and we find out that uh, the Gryffindor Four have the week off from classes to mourn, which is cool. And they've, you know... The funeral. They're planning for the funeral. Three more days. And, uh, Fudge is going to give him a hero's Fudge has ordered, yeah. farewell. He's going That's to weird. award him the Order of Merlin second class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even some of the quieter Slytherins have uh, um, come by to visit. Because mm-hmm. they, um, they don't have the biases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hedwig is kind of their sentry, and if anybody gets too close to them or whatever, it gets too loud, she lets them know. And she usually just hoots, but uh, Cormac McLagan got scratched when he didn't uh, heed the warning. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because he's not too brave. No. Cormac McLagan, of course. And we discover that Stuart was able to describe this ghost that he didn't recognize, mm-hmm. and Harry recognizes it himself as Wormtail. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like, Peter's in the castle, and I'm going to find him, and I'm going to send him back to hell. And off he goes. And they go to the library to try to get Madame Pince to let them look at some books in the restricted section. And, of course, you know, she uses the standard line, leave it for the adults. And tell mm-hmm. us. There's no handy Lockhart to sign the permission slip this time. Nope. <laughs> so... They're going to go up to the room of requirement because they can have the books up there. And mm-hmm. it works. And here we get our Star Trek uh, reference, which is very nice. Yeah. Because trying to explain to Dudley how this works. And he says, so it's like the holodeck. And uh, Ron's like, the what? <laughs> and mm-hmm. Harry says, yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that works. I want to take that uh, 20th century historian. Um... Who, Waylon? Yes, Waylon. I bet he knows more about Dixon Hill than I do. Shall I tell him, sir? Invite him, Mr. Data. This is supposed to be a recreational activity. The sense of reality is absolutely incredible. When that woman kissed me, it was so... Exciting. And 
So they get there and it they find out, out that somebody's already Someone else there. is already there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking over each other. That's okay. Always fun. We're saying the same thing, so we're good. Yeah. And it's Wormtail. <laughs> and Harry yells, stupefy! And of course it goes right through him because he's a ghost or a specter. And Peter's just taunting him. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's see what your little red-headed slut likes. Let's, you know, I can't, I can touch you and I can touch her and, you know, and Harry's just beside himself uh-huh. now. But then we have yeah. a new voice that tells him to stop and here comes Sirius. And the Bloody Baron and Peas and Moaning Murder and the Fat Fire and Professor Bins and everybody else that's a ghost because they don't particularly like Peter hanging out in their Hogwarts. Yeah. No. And Sirius still gets to say, get away from my godson, basically. Yes. Not quite. You know. (laughs) So, um, in chapter 44, we learn that Sirius is a renovant, not a ghost or a specter. Revenants are the third kind of ghost that, that we learned about in the earlier chapters. There's regular ghosts and there's specters and there's revenants. And they, they each have different reasons that they hang on, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Sirius kicks all the kids out and says, I have a history of scores to settle with this rat, and I want you to leave so that I can do it without having to worry about you. And I love mm-hmm. Myrtle, who says, don't dump him near my toilet, please. And she bats her eyelashes at him. So I think Sirius is going to replace Stubby Boardman in Myrtle's affections. Oh, well, they, they do. do. Yes. They do. Apparently they do. <laughs> and, of course, the others have to drag Harry out because he doesn't want to leave Sirius. And the door closes and the door disappears and there's nothing they can do. Yeah. And Harry's in the hospital wing again. Because mm-hmm. uh, he wouldn't calm down and he was going nuts and so Dudley put him in the sleeper hold. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, you know, it's almost it's almost like the Vulcan <laughs> shoulder thing. Just the drop in. Funk. <laughs> yeah, probably a car commercial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poor Dudley's <laughs> feeling so sorry. About it, but they didn't know what to do because he was uh, just going nuts, and there was they were just trying to calm him down. But mm-hmm. uh, and of course, and mm-hmm. none of them had to stun him because, well, Ginny was in a panic, and Hermione didn't know what to do, and uh, Ron was trying to deal with them, and Ginny protested, but she wasn't panicking; she was just worried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. And, and they haven't happy. seen any of the ghosts for half an hour. So all right, and then so I like that Pomfrey gives him a potion, but also candy. Oh my god! So I've, this is this is again like further things that frustrate me about this fic is this is excellent, this is genius, this is an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that the troublemaking brothers of these two sent me. So the Weasley twins have come up with a way to make the t- potions taste better. And you can't add sugar and sweeteners to the potions because it destroys their, their qualities. But if you, if you have this muggle-like fruit chew and eat it before the potion, then it flavors the potion whatever flavor the chew was. 
Yeah. Actually, have your this taste like for so whatever yeah. the next thing you taste is will taste like that. Mm-hmm. So they actually have this for um your sense of smell, but there's a thing that you can spread on like your upper lip, mm-hmm. and so things that you smell will then smell like good things. So like people who work with garbage and stuff can like spread this on there, and it'll change their olfactory senses. Yes. So it's an actual thing, mm-hmm. which makes it better. Yeah, I know. It's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, you can't change the potion, so now we're changing the person taking the potion. I love it. And Very, yeah. it's it's wicked smart. It's wicked smart. You've and, earned a wicked smart from me, author. And now the rest of us are all got a troop outside to wait outside the room of requirement for the ghosts, because if they win, we're celebrating, and if they don't, we'll do whatever we have to to stop Wormtail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we shift over to number twelve. They're having a meeting of the or of the order, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I guess mostly. There's a few of them there. I don't know if it's all of them yet. Um, they're gathering anyway. And Minerva calls to let them know what's going on with Sirius. And um, she says Terry's left the hospital wing. I don't know what he's going to do. And they all charge through to go find him and save him. And he's sitting there on the seventh floor asleep because <laughs> he's waiting. And it talks about, um, Hermione mentions that about 10 minutes ago, there was this greenish hand reaching through the door, and then the gold one reached out and yanked it back. And we don't get to see what happens inside the room, but I'm picturing those old uh, cartoon things where there's just a giant cloud of dust, and every now and then you see a limb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Bash! Boom! Crash! Yeah, I get, like, they, they, like, they can form their body into, like, a frying pan and smash their face into it, and the frying pan has the, the image of their face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so they're waiting. And, and then finally, finally, the Bloody Baron comes through and lets them know that they've dealt with Peter. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. he also took out Moaning Myrtle and the Fat Friar during the battle. Oh. But it's kind of nice that Moaning Myrtle gets to move on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because she's sure. annoying as shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I really like the fix mm-hmm. where... She actually gets like, to be her She work. kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the fix where she gets to point out, like, I have to be, like, going through puberty for, like, the next 500 years. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It's awkward being a teenage ghost. And poor Peeves is just heartbroken about Myrtle and the Fat Fire. Because the Fire never got angry with Peeves. And Myrtle used to help him and be a lookout and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of can't handle it, and he's going to go away for a while. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not really a ghost. He's a manifestation of teen angst and mischief, and mm-hmm. he's never been um, worried or cried about anything, and he doesn't know what to do with this. <laughs> yeah. And they they have a memorial for the Fat Friar and Moaning Myrtle, and the Grey Lady shows up for a while, and there's... uh... And Sirius manages to become a regular ghost now that his revenanting duties are done, Mm -hmm. and uh, they let him stick around, even though they've already got a Gryffindor ghost now. Yep. And we've got a new uh, gorgeous Hufflepuff ghost. Yes, and uh, Sirius kind of starts taking up with her a bit. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Of course. Well, he's and you can find, man. Uh, 
You can find pictures of her with her. Well, there's one picture of her from the video game Chocolate Frog Cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's what this author is going from on what she looks like, but uh, there you go. It's the the woman who first discovered Gillyweed. Mm-hmm. And Ron sort of nudges Harry and says that 10 galleons the next year has a record number of couple buffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we move on and we've got serious floating with Hufflepuff ghosts, like Scott said, and, and Harry and Ron are talking and, you know, Ron's like, well, so Moldy Shorts has lost both Lucius and Peter. I bet he's upset. And Harry's like, yeah, I'm really glad I have this bond with Hedwig or I'd be in the hospital wing for the pain. So, mm-hmm. but they kind of wonder what he's up to because mm-hmm. they haven't heard anything from Voldemort for a long time, and it's one of those uh, things where no news is not good news. Right? Because you um, just don't know what he's it's up like to. when you have your, you know, twin children upstairs and they're all quiet. Yeah. Where to go? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then we have uh, Matt Eye Moody finally meeting. The famous Harry Potter. He doesn't look like yes. much. So, but that's just enough to tick Harry off. Yeah, he's he basically if if uh, how good you were with magic was reflected in how you looked, then you'd have hardly any. Because I mean, you've lost a leg and your nose is gone and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, and, McGonagall's scandalized, but Moody loves it. Yep. Mm-hmm. He wants to hear about some of these things that he's been told and he doesn't believe. And Harry's like, uh, would that be first year, second year, third, fourth, or fifth? <laughs> yeah. And Moody's like, I don't believe any of it. So. Except the fifth year, because there are photos and eyewitness accounts. Mm-hmm. He gives him yeah. the, pe- the pencil. And the uh, Rubles blowing gum card, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's. He's dropped in uh, Coral in the Forbidden Forest, Feasting on the Unicorn Blood, and Quest for the Philosopher's Stone, uh, Going After Ginny in the Chamber of Secrets, Facing Off Wormtail, The Time Turner, The Patronus, The Triwizard Tournament, Little Hangleton, The Nightmare from Christmas, all of those green-eyed children. That'll be nice for Moody to view. (laughs) And uh, then the Battle of Hogwarts from when they landed on the tower. I have to say, I um, it's not something I noticed when I was reading through it, but looking again, I am glad something this story does is use Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. I always like it when the, even the American authors kind of take the effort to uh, re-Britishize their stories a little bit. Not that that's a word, but you know. <laughs> so it takes takes him two hours to get through all of Harry's memories. And Harry's like, and Harry's snarky. It even says Harry snarked. There now, do you believe it? <laughs> McGonagall's like, mm-hmm. Harry? And he's like, sorry, Aunt Minerva. But. Yes. Moody comes out of the pe- pensive and immediately goes for his flask and chugs. Twelve <laughs> mm-hmm. years old and you killed a basilisk and a Patronus. And, you know, I wouldn't have believed it, mm-hmm. but you can't, you can't fake memories, boy. And then mm. poor Harry's just like, how come everything happens to me? Yeah, and he decides he should also show them the prophecy. Mm-hmm. So he gives, we have the memory of him seeing the memory from Dumbledore. So it's, it's like one of those um, uh, Borax boxes or other things where they have the picture in the picture that just mm-hmm. sort of keeps going. <laughs> yeah. And 
And I guess for this one, Harry just figured out how to do the projection thing. And so they don't all have to go into the pantheon. They can just watch it. Right. And he says that, you know, one of the things Grandpa Alpha said to me right after he showed me that was that I might be the one to strike the killing blow, but I don't need to be alone when it happens. So that's why I have all the others, too. I don't Mm. have to do this thing alone. Moody Moody was getting on his case a little bit about... um, relying too much on Hermione for the research and Rob for his tactics. So Moody says, you're going to get extra classes next year. I'm going to teach every dirty little trick I know this side of the dark arts. So Harry's like, oh, goody, more classes. My favorite thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we have Voldemort, who is Mm -hmm. apparently upset because he's hissing again. Mm -hmm. There's a guy who's um, begging to be allowed to kill someone before he's destroyed mm-hmm. and maybe come back the way Wormtail did. And uh, Voldemort thinks he's just trying to get out of being tortured. Yeah. yeah. I, I only wish to serve. I deserve any punishment you have. And, of course, Voldemort mm-hmm. says you disgust me because he doesn't like... And Voldemort has a yes. new friend coming over for a play date or something. And it <laughs> turns out to be the Master Dementor. Which does not sound good. No. And I'm sure we will discover more about that in the next set of chapters. Yeah. I don't think I want to be friends with the Dementors. No, 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 no. And then we discover that life, but... apparently Bins can teach other things than Goblin Rebellions. Yeah. <laughs> the loss of the other ghosts has kind of woke him up. <laughs> Ron's complaining a little bit. She actually has homework now. <laughs> <laughs> They're learning Chinese alchemy. For the history and usage of Chinese alchemy. But Nicholas Fumel will come and help them, because he kind of knows a little bit about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's a help. That's interesting. I never thought of that until just now, but they went from one Nick to another. Mm -hmm. Oh. And Sirius is like, that's not fair. Headless, nearly headless Nick never helped us with our homework. And he's like, well, it's the ghost you know. Sorry. Yeah. That's because he was, you know, not actually that good of a wizard. <laughs> yeah. Which is why he got caught yeah. and not properly beheaded. So then we have Ginny running in. Ginny's the one that always runs in with the bad news, seems like. And the Ooh, Dementors have attacked the Crouch Estate and taken all the prisoners with them. Because um, earlier we found out that the when the Dementors left Azkaban that they moved... The prisoners to the Crouch Estate. Yeah, the Crouches had a castle that they could keep them all in. Uh huh. Now we know why Voldemort was being so quiet. Yep. Yep. And we go on to our last chapter for this podcast. <laughs> Plans and thank plots. God. <laughs> bedtime and time is. Okay, mm. we'll hurry. So we've got Thanks. Cedric. Yeah. So we're having a a new meeting of the OGL, mm-hmm. and Cedric's looking over their list of. Or cruxes. Yep. Okay. There's Hufflepuff Cup. Uh, there's some sort of Gryffindor Ravenclaw art, artifacts and the snake that we got to find. And they want to know how are they supposed to figure out what this other Horcrux is if they don't know if it's Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. And Ron points out that they really don't need to know where what it is. They just need to know where it is. Mm-hmm. Even though they know about Hufflepuff's Cup, they still haven't found it. Um, yep. And Voldemort is making terrorist-style attacks... Uh, across the British Isles, usually on muggles, 
and he's just, you know, he's just having a killing spree. Mm-hmm. And so Hermione has, of course, written down their list of, um, I guess they're writing a list of possible places that they might look. Mm-hmm. And they cross out the ones where they've already found something, and then they go through and semi-cross out uh, the ones that they aren't sure whether they would find anything. Because like, the graveyard, for example, was important for him after his rebirth, not before. Mm-hmm. Eventually they work it down to Albania, because why else would he have gone there when he was all spirit-like, and Godric's Hollow. Right. And they're still not quite sure... But there, you know, what would, what would he hide in the orphanage itself? Or, you know, they're just thinking, 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 thinking. They don't think that, Victor doesn't think though that he'd leave it at the orphanage because it's too close to the cave. Yeah. And, he's already dealt with that part of his life. Yeah. And Cedric says it wouldn't be Godric's Hollow because he didn't succeed in making a Horcrux there. And that's why he ended up making the snake on its bed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's going to be a second park rex. Mm, you never know. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And Cho tells Cedric he better stay safe. Yeah. And they decide Cedric and Victor are going to head off to Albania to see if they can find one there, because they're the ones who aren't tied to a school and mm-hmm. can manage to do that. And Cedric says, well, no one can tell us what to do, you see. And uh, then Cho proceeds to tell him what to do. Of course she does. <laughs> And the they think that they need somebody to search Borgen and Burke, so they're going to get the twins to do it. Oh, they would have fun. Mm -hmm. I love uh, Harry's sarcastic idea, though, because, you know, hmm, what are we going to do? Head on into Nocturne Alley and say, hi there, we're the Horcrux inspectors. Do you have a fragment of a soul of the most vile Dark Lord in a thousand years in your shop? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, it's right in the back, over here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then we we go to poor Colin, who's been uh, revising and absolutely loses his mind, screams and runs out of the room. And Neville just kind of shakes his head and takes his place and starts revising some more. Mm-hmm. Hermione says, ah, oh, there's always at least one. <laughs> and Harry is having, um, is annoyed by the exam for transfiguration because it has puns on it. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like something Dumbledore would have written and, uh, uh, Nicholas Flamel pop comes over and says, that's because Dumbledore did write it. <laughs> Figures. Oh no, frogs into frogs. Luna, Luna says, "Well, you might get a case of the wiggly nerves." The wiggly what? And Neville just kind of laughs. Oh yeah, that's right, nasty buggers. Right, Hermione? Yeah, yeah that's right. They float through the air and settle on uh, textbooks. Yeah, that's it. And they make you go. And you just go insane for a few minutes if you see one. Yeah. <laughs> And Colin comes back and says, uh, Neville, can I have my seat back? Nope, you snooze, you lose. This Luna completely admits that she made that one up. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. yeah, it's good for Luna to admit these things. And we've got Voldemort having, doing an attack on a small town, and there's a group trying to get away, and he sends Rodolphus after them, and there's, you know, the Dementors are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Voldemort is enjoying the show. 
Yes, and Lestrange cast the particularly nice curse because, you know, can't make useful and fairy out of children anyway, so you might as well be spectacular when you're taking them out mm-hmm. and uh, so on. Yeah. And um, he's talking to Nagini because she's bored. This is no fun. Yeah. <laughs> and she needs to go. And he says, well, we have to we have to build our armies and the in, the Inferi are very good curse fodder. So, you know, because they haven't managed to get the giants and the vampires are being neutral and the werewolves are in two camps right now. And he says, curse that Lupin for giving him hope. And she says, yes, yes, curse them. Curse him a lot. <laughs> so that's his new plan. And there and we the are. Other interesting, yeah, Go ahead. And that is the end. But the other thing that I just thought of having reread this now is that this town that he's attacking is the same. This is where the military base is that all of Hestia's SCA friends are from. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's going to come up again and whether they might have been exposed to magic now because of all this. But I don't know whether Kiji will decide to make use of that in the rest of the chapters or not. But there you go. Yeah. And, yeah, that is our set of chapters for tonight, and I enjoyed reading them, and I just, I like this kind of story. It's neat seeing the different ways that they come up with to do their fixing of things, and he certainly has had some, not everything has been sunshine and roses, because Mm -hmm. people have been getting killed and tortured and all of that stuff. I certainly understand that uh, Kat and Trisha don't necessarily... um, enjoy this kind of story as much, but I've been having fun, so. No, it's not that I haven't enjoyed it. There's, there's some things I just just find implausible. I mean, it's, it's just too much fixing. I mean, there's some things, yes, I like to see some, yes, everybody wants to see some things fixed. But the thing is that I'm glad in some ways he is so serious off, and He's done things, but the thing is, but also in the same breath, I don't think Sirius would ever really come back as a guest. But hey, but what I mean, I, it's still some of the things you just gotta accept. What I like about Sirius coming back as a ghost is that he said that he's kind of doing it conditionally, and he will only be there as long as Harry and Ginny or Harry and Remus are alive, kind of a thing. And once they're gone, then he can go too. And it, it makes it work. And I can see your point. Um, in the ordinary course of things, he probably wouldn't be. If he had actually been killed in canon, as opposed to falling through the veil, I could actually see him coming back just to hunt down Wormtail, because he still, he broke out of Azkaban to hunt down Wormtail, and he still hasn't managed it. <laughs> so, you know, I could see him possibly doing that, but I don't know. Go ahead, Kat. In lieu of my, my obviously, I mean, it's not hard to think what I think of this book, so instead I'm going to read no. one of the, my favorite things that I've ever spawned from the internet. Christmas was coming. One morning in mid-December, Hogwarts awoke to find... Hello? <laughs> we lost her in the middle of reading. Oh, dear. <laughs> like, what I, I think that was here? Wait a minute. I, I thought I, it was me. I'll call her. I know, I did too. I was like, uh, did I lose everybody? Wait a well, minute. I moved. I moved, and I'm like, what the heck did I do? <laughs> Hello? Would you like to oh, try that dear. again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think the internet does not want to hear this. But we do, so we'll try it one more time. 
<laughs> in lieu of my obviously starkey comments on this fic, Christmas was coming. One morning in mid-December, Hogwarts, was, uh, well, Hogwarts woke to find itself covered in several feet of snow. The lake froze solid and the Weasley twins were punished for bewitching several snowballs so that, uh, so that they followed Quirrell around, bouncing off the back of his turban. Comment. Casual holiday reminder that the Weasley twins went to bewitch snowballs to repeatedly hit Fulmer in the face. Second comment. The Weasley twins are... <laughs> Second comment. The Weasley twins are some hardcore little twins. <laughs> what? <laughs> little shits. Oh, okay. Well, we knew that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I want to see a fic where that just makes Voldemort snap and he bursts out of the turban and everyone's like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what the, the heck? There's Voldemort back a squirrel! The comes flying out from the turban. Misses yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like... Oh, well, there goes that book. <laughs> once in a while, like, this will come up, but no one has written a fanfic where, like, people actually realize this. And I would just love to see, that would be such a great, like, mm-hmm. like if Rose, like I could totally see Rose Weasley, like hearing the story and like putting it together. So Voldemort was on the back of his chair. So Uncle Fred and Uncle George hit Voldemort repeatedly in the face and they just like, it dawned on everybody. Like, yeah. Whoops. <laughs> That's it. All well, right. Thank you for that uh, bit of comedy. <laughs> We have one more podcast on this fic, and we will be moving on to our Star Trek crossover. So that will be interesting. I know Trish is not at all happy about this, but it's only like 12 chapters, so it's not too bad. Okay. They're really long chapters. but Oh, thanks. But we're only going to do like three or four at a time, so it'll be okay. And I'll be back for In Care Of, which is not Daddy Snape. It is like actual good Harry Snape fic. Mm-hmm. It's yes. not Flash. It's just Trisha's gonna like that one. It's all Snape it's all the time, fun. Trisha. Oh, of course. Same, he's, same he's Snape a, time, same Snape channel. He's not in his <laughs> Snapely form for it, but it's okay. It works. This was my reaction to everyone on Pofo apparently wrecking fix where Snape adopts Harry. And I was getting really annoyed by it because that's not the only plot line that can be served by Snape. <laughs> yep. So Kat gave us Harry adopts Snape. Yes. As a bat. That be interesting. I don't think I've read that one before. It's pretty good. <laughs> yes. Harry does it. Harry does adopt Snape. He does, and he keeps him in a cage. It's great. Yep. <laughs> it's really I'm awesome. Really <laughs> All right. On that note, I'm going to Not bed, and dogs. I'm going to be dreaming of Snape in a cage now with Harry and <laughs> Okay. All right. Anything to make well, you good night, Trisha. We love to do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. Yeah. Good night. We should just say good night on the podcast as well, and we should all just close it out. Buenas, buenas noches. It's time for bed for me too. Good night, everyone. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.